The Placing You First podcast begins in less than 20 seconds. Visit crcgroup.com to subscribe, download our award-winning tools and intel articles that help you stay aware of emerging issues and trends, or get a snapshot of the insurance marketplace with our industry-leading ready indexes. You'll find it all on crcgroup.com under tools and intel. These days, utilizing only a virtual private network may not be enough to qualify for a cyber insurance policy. Insurers want companies to have not only a VPN, but also multi-factor authentication in place for remote network access. Unfortunately, many clients don't understand the need to use both together. Many assume a VPN is enough to protect against cyber attacks, but that could turn out to be a costly mistake. This is the Placing You First podcast from CRC Group. This podcast features news and insights from a vast knowledge base of 4,300 plus associates who write over $34 billion of premium annual. Plus, we give you the latest information on what's happening at CRC. This, this, this is the Placing You First podcast. And now the hosts of the podcast, Amanda Knight and Scott Gordon. Today, Amanda and I are joined by Dan Meyer, a director with CRC Group's Exec Pro Practice Group, and a broker with our Tampa, Florida office. He's going to fill us in on the importance of using a VPN and MFA together. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure, Dan. Let's just go ahead and jump on in. I don't think any of us are surprised that thousands of cyber attacks are launched against American businesses every year. Research shows that the annual damage from cyber attacks is expected to hit $10.5 trillion by 2025. That's a 300% increase from 2015. It seems like this is just one area of risk that never slows down and never stops growing or changing. Dan, coming at this from an insurance perspective, where exactly should cyber attacks fall on the risk radar for businesses? Right now, for most businesses, it's probably number one, uh, maybe followed by property if they're in a tough property state. But right now, cyber is still top of the attention list for most insureds. Now, Dan, since this is an issue that should be high on clients' radar, can you give us the inside track on what insureds can do to help cut cyber criminals off at the pass, so to speak? Well, it's important. I think there's a general consensus amongst most insurance companies that MFA is a critical piece of that risk management strategy. And some of our clients have adopted or implemented full MFA, but many have not. Some will argue that uh, maybe VPN alone solves that problem, but it really doesn't. So it's important to make sure that we're using all of the above strategy when we're talking about uh, cyber risk management. VPN is great. That's basically a way that we're providing a secure tunnel uh, you know, everything is protected through encryption between the uh, remote access and the network, uh, so things can't be seen. Also, the location is typically uh, uh, masked or unable to be seen. And that provides one degree of protection, but that's not impenetrable. It's not uh, an end-all, be-all solution. Uh, most insurance companies have kind of come to the conclusion that MFA is the better solution or it's the additional solution that they should be using. MFA on remote email access, MFA on remote network access, MFA on remote access to the cloud, and MFA uh, access on administrative or privileged user accounts are typically are what most insurance companies are now mandating for most clients. Can you talk to us about what a VPN is, what MFA is, and what each does since maybe not every listener is 
cyber savvy or knows what that might be off the top of their heads? Sure. So a VPN can be a powerful tool for protecting a private network. However, the weakness of a VPN is the data is the entry point. Users have to log in to access the network. And that means that anybody who obtains an ID and a password to the network can log into the VPN. Once they're in, they'll have access to the entire network. In fact, the FBI warns that attacks on VPNs are steadily increasing throughout 2022-2023. So the way to minimize that risk, or one of the ways, is through MFA. Uh, the MFA uh, employees have to verify their identity when they're trying to log into the network. So the MFA is an authentication method that requires the user to provide two or more verification factors to access the application online or VPN. Dan, if I'm a business owner, and maybe I'm not the most tech savvy or cyber savvy, I feel like it would be easy to pick one or the other, right? Either a VPN or MFA thinking I can save costs or that using both is just simply overkill. I mean, is that true? Is a VPN enough? Do you really need to have both? Yeah, it's different types of protection. It is a both strategy. It's not a one or the other. Um, sometimes we'll run into clients that think the VPN by itself is enough, and that's just not the case. And the VPN itself isn't foolproof either. Um, we've seen some examples of claims where the VPN is compromised, so we've seen it fail in that way. Uh, but also the VPN only is protecting you know, that pathway or that tunnel. It's not protecting uh, the source that it's coming in from. So if someone has the credentials, they can still come in and, and breach the network. Okay, so Dan, let's say I'm not one of these multi-million dollar companies. I'm a little guy, and I'm worried about the cost of getting an MFA or VPN, you know, it, as part of my scheme, is it cost prohibitive for these guys? What, how, where do they go? What do they do? And how expensive is this? Generally, it's not that expensive. Most of their vendors are going to have this option to add on. It's just one of those things that every penny counts when you're running a small business, but this is money that is well spent. One cyber breach potentially puts that client out of business. So it really doesn't make sense to avoid the cyber or have restrictions on your cyber because you refuse to spend a little bit of extra money on MFA. Most vendors can turn this on very quick, but sometimes it can take up to 30 days, depending on the size of the organization, how involved that is. One of the common objections we get is clients want to know what the immediate reward is going to be on their cyber insurance, if there's going to be a discount or a rebate or a midterm credit. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. A lot of our clients have been trained that updates to a building or um, different things that we do cause an immediate dollar-for-dollar uh, dollar or proportional discount to the insurance, and that is not the case here. These are becoming minimum standards. These aren't things that you do for credit on a premium. Now, it sounds like using MFA and VPN together can go a long way in keeping businesses safe. Now, is the use of both of them together table stakes for insurers? Yes, most insurance companies have come to mandate MFA and VPN, um, more on the MFA, not necessarily VPN, but most are using both in combination. For large accounts, for risk management size accounts, it's become mandatory. There are very few insurance companies that will insure a risk without MFA. For small and middle market clients, it's mixed. There are a few insurance companies that will still do risks without MFA, but those are becoming few and far between. Um, and I think that there probably will become a point at some time where MFA will be mandatory, but we're not quite there yet. 
We've seen some softening in the uh, cyber insurance marketplace, and it's allowed some of our clients to skate by without or with partial MFA, but I think that's eventually going to come to pass. We shall see. Dan, I know that back when we put out, you know, the article that corresponds with this podcast, we noted that about 40 to 50 insurers now offer cyber insurance. It continues to grow, but that there are likely less than 10 that will offer it to a company that doesn't use MFA, you know, that it's considered vitally important because it protects against the two most common cyber vulnerabilities, you know, remote email access and remote network access. And I know you just mentioned that the, you know, cyber marketplace is softening a little bit. Do you feel like those numbers are still accurate, that they're still about 10 or fewer that would offer cyber to a company that doesn't use MFA? The number of insurance companies that will consider risks without MFA are very limited. The larger the account, the more likely that it's going to be mandatory. For large risk management size accounts, let's say $100 million or more in revenue, uh, there's going to be very, very, very few companies that will realistically consider that risk, maybe one or two. It'll probably come with coinsurance, high retentions, other restrictions on coverage. For middle market clients and small clients, it's still available. But again, there's probably going to be some coverage restrictions. The only segment that has the full coverage available you know, without MFA is the really, really small risk. Some of them that are maybe put on through online portals that don't go through the rigorous underwriting that larger risks do. But we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. I mean, we may come to a point where all clients are required to have the MFA in place. You know, sort of as a follow-up to that, Dan, it feels like, you know, it can be sort of cut and dry for insurers. Either you have these things in place at specific points or you don't. But I know the process of buying cyber insurance can seem intimidating potentially for clients because it, it can feel like you're trying to hit a moving target as cyber crime continuously evolves and standards continue to change, how does partnering with a CRC group broker benefit or help agents and insureds trying to navigate the cyber marketplace? Good question. Um, The short answer is we've been through this many, many times with a lot of our clients. We've had a lot of bumpy renewals. Um, So we have the experience, but also we have the tools. So we use a system called Ready, which is uh, our, our data and analytics system, which fuels several different things that we can offer and access for our clients. Uh, one of those that I utilize quite frequently is our cyber scan technology, where we can look at a risk, we can scan it similar to how the insurance companies do. Uh, we can analyze coverage through the policy form comparisons, and we can also quote. We have a, a rater in-house where we're able to quote five or six different insurance companies based on some common information and then also give a comparison based on that. So we've got tools at our fingertips to make the placement process much easier for us, but also our clients in the end. Well, thanks so much, Dan. This was great. Thank you for joining us on the Placing You First podcast and giving us you know, this info on cyber coverage. This is great. You're very welcome. Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Join Team CRC to gain access to best-in-class tools, data, exclusive programs, and more. Send your resume to resumes at crcgroup.com and read testimonials from our recent hires on LinkedIn. Search for CRC.